Hi, hello, hey, it's me. We are running a special offer on Patreon right now that goes for two weeks. And if you want to support the show, you'll be able to get ad-free episodes and you'll be able to get bonus episodes, which is great because we just released a bonus episode with uh, over an hour of talking about uh, GoFest and our thoughts on it. If you're interested, the special offer we are running is sending out a postcard to celebrate Pride Month. So for that $5 level, you get the normal rewards of the ad-free episodes and the bonus podcast. But anyone who is already $5 or higher or anyone who signs up by the end of the month for the $5 or higher uh, will get that postcard sent to them probably early July. We just have to collect all the addresses through a Google Doc at the end of the month and then just send them over and get that get those all sent out to you. So yeah, probably, probably as soon as I get back from Germany, which is um, July 4th. If you want to support the show, want to hang out with our community, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. That's also in the show notes if you can't remember that. But um, patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t if you want to support the show. If uh, if you can't support the show, if money's tight, totally understand. Really just appreciate y'all listening, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 517th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Greg. Hello, 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 hello. Happy Pride Month. Still going on. What is this, week two? I don't know where we are in the month. I mean, Niantic's ready to celebrate Pride with you, Greg. How? Because they're putting a community day on the... (laughs) Yeah. On, 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 On Saturday again. On... Friday, Saturday, once again, it's community day. Maybe this is rude. Maybe this is a Minnesota problem. No, because generally the last weekend of June across (laughs) the nation is Pride weekend. Uh, Will also here? Well, you want to talk about rude. I was up so late at Greg's party last night. Oh, true. We cannot record the day after you two are together. (laughs) <laughs> Why? You were invited. I was You right. were invited. And this is True. like for for behind the scenes for our listeners, not only was Steve invited, Steve said, I have something scheduled for that night. Oh, but I can move it to a different day so that I that. can come and hang out with you guys. That is exactly what you said. And then you never bothered to move it to a different day. Yep. I said I could move it up in the day. But I did a charity stream today for trans for yesterday, yesterday. So, for trans empowerment, and uh, our community raised four thousand two hundred dollars. To be fair, I feel like it's a pretty good reason to miss Magic the Gathering. Greg's party, my party. <laughs> if you did come through our charity stream, thank you. And if you did donate, thank you. We did raise over four thousand dollars, so that was very very exciting. Um. That was uh, the charity we picked to celebrate tra- uh, to celebrate Pride Month this month was Trans Empowerment. Um, so thank you to everyone who came through. We do have some Pokemon news for you today. We have a little bit of go. Uh, if you're curious of um, the Pogo Fest thoughts regarding Shinies or the second bonus or whatever bonus or where we played or if it rained, 
Bobby and I did a whole bonus episode that's available to patrons. Uh, that's also available to Apple Podcasts premium subscribers. I don't know what they're called. I don't know what happens when you go into Apple Podcasts and you hit the little, like, I want to upgrade. I don't know what those people are called. Subscribers, but that you subscribe to a podcast, so they're not subscribers. This is like the YouTube Twitch problem where, like, <laughs> you subscribe on Twitch for money, but you subscribe on YouTube for free, but you become a member on YouTube for money. I don't know. There's a little bu- if you listen on Apple Podcasts, there's a button to upgrade to get bonus podcasts and ad free. Uh, so that's there. I will say the one thing I say at the beginning of that episode that I will say here, just for clarification, I did talk to Niantic. Oh, I guess we'll play the new mu- news music. I guess we'll start off with Pogo because there's a little bit of Pogo news. Uh, we have stuff about Masuda. We have stuff about James Turner. We have stuff about Delphox, the three icons of the Pokemon company. Heck yeah. I said this on the bonus podcast. I will say it here. I talked to Niantic on Sunday morning, the day, the second day of GoFest, and they said the shiny odds this year are exactly the same as the shiny odds last year. I then talked to them on Monday morning, and they said after the entire weekend is done, we can confirm the amount of Pokemon caught this year to the shiny Pokemon caught ratio was exactly the same percentage as it was the year before. I don't know what that percentage is. I don't know if it's like a 2% or 5% or I don't know. what that, But they said it was the same. Bobby and I do talk about why it might feel you got less shinies because there were less. There were technically more Pokemon in this GoFest and more of those Pokemon could not be shiny. There was also the incense issue. If there was any issue happening in GoFest, it was the actual, Mm -hmm. the incense was technically broken, and Niantic did tweet about that, and they didn't, I don't know if there's going to be a makeup day for that. I will also say that RNG is a really silly and dumb thing. Uh, One of the examples I use is I played, I played every community day, and I feel like I play community days pretty hard, that's why Greg and Will leave me early, because I continue to play, and they they are like, I'm done. Uh, but on Charmander Community Day, I played very aggressively uh, in that three hours. Very first Charmander Community Day. In that very first hour, I got in those three hours, I only got three shiny Charmander. It was my worst Community Day ever. I played the entire time. I I was hustling. I was at a pl- spot that had plenty of stops. They were luring up. I had the incense on. I I feel like I'm pretty good at playing Pokemon Go. It's debatable. <laughs> that Charmander Community Day, I only got three. And I watched my wife walk over to the the public bathroom area, and she clicked on Charmander. It was shiny. She caught it. The next Charmander she clicked on, it was shiny. She caught it. The next Charmander after that she clicked on, it was shiny. She caught. She got three in the matter of of twenty seconds. And she, I think, she ended that community day with nine. That's what RNG is, right? Like no control over that. You can't be good. You can't like get better at RNG. You can't go to the gym and work out your RNG muscles. Not no, yet, that attitude. Maybe one day you can. I mean, there's some supplements you can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Niantic did put out a thing saying, uh, oh, this is off Pokemon Go Live. We are grateful for a successful Pokemon Go Fest. Uh, there was 750 million Pokestops spun, a billion Pokemon caught. Trainers walked 1,000, or sorry, uh, 1,000. Uh, 100 million kilometers. <laughs> That's a word. People were able to access and catch Shaman for the first time. Uh, the Ultra Recon Squad made their debut. Um, and then they say, get ready for the in-person GoFest in Berlin, Germany, Seattle, Washington, and Sapporo, Japan. Tickets are still available for all three of those events. 
That kind of rolls into their summer events. So they are doing the June Community Day in-person meetups. I caught a shiny Celebi on GoFest during GoFest because I finally finished the Jesse oh, yeah, and you James finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And to that guy who was in the card shop on Tuesday night complaining that he wasn't able to get any shiny unknowns is because there weren't any. Does the nope. unknown F can be shiny. You said that it started on Tuesday. Yes. He was saying he didn't get any shiny unknowns during GoFest. Oh, during GoFest, they could be shiny, but they were not boosted. They were like 1 in 500. Oh, well, then you lied to me. Thank yeah, you very mistake. much. I thought you were talking about specifically about F. Yes, F could be shiny for the first time. If the question I asked I was, can unknown be shiny? <laughs> and you answer, no. Or you answer F Ken, and it starts today. You're answering a different question. I thought you were asking because GoFest but, is already over. People of the world, including Steve Sarumi, know <laughs> this about Will Anderson. If I ask you a question that can be answered yes or no, just answer yes or you, you know no. you can't answer. There's you no flavor. I don't want interpretation. <laughs> I don't want conceptualization. But that's, I want uh, a Boolean value, true but, or false. You cannot <laughs> answer true or false to anything related to Pokemon Go because there's always an if and a but and no, an no, there's, and. There's a, there's a, there was a very clear, can unknown be shiny? Yes. But not all of them can. It doesn't matter. I said unknown. <laughs> that means the entire alphabet. But the entire alphabet can't be shiny. Out of them, of the set containing... Out of 26, some of them can be. They can be. Some of them can be, that's true. Here's the real crime. Uh, I could, I could, we could go into uh, podcast listing where I list off that Power Grove is available for inactivation uh, somewhere in Chicago. Maggie Daly Park, I don't know where that is in Chicago, is... It's it, where the cloud gate is next to the cloud gate. We've gone over this. <laughs> it's literally the next one over. <laughs> White River State Park in Indianapolis uh, has an in-person activation. Here's the thing. There's and there's a bunch of in you can go to Niantic's website to see if your city has in-person activations. I still don't know if this is worth it to go because uh, the one I went to rained out. Columbus, Ohio is hosting the North America international championships the naic one the biggest in-person event that isn't worlds in north america it's in columbus ohio i i had a plane ticket booked and i have recently canceled that trip uh because not only did was my ticket 700 dollars to fly to ohio which is way too much money to go to ohio <laughs> the hotels around the convention center where the N uh the NAIC are being hosted are not only all sold out, but the remaining hotels are anywhere between nine hundred dollars to twelve hundred dollars a night. Heck no. Oh or nah. Nothing in Columbus worth that much. Exactly. And I was going to split it with a friend and she, she I don't know where she was traveling from, um, because I've never actually met her in person. But I was like, when she said, like, oh, hotels were $600, I was like, oh, that's not too bad. Like, I would love to split a $600 hotel 
because then it's only like 300. And then she was like, oh, I didn't book. And I was like, oh, great. I, I mean, I can book. No big deal. And when I was looking, it was 900 to 1200. And I got back to her and I was like, I think I have to cancel. Like, I can't. I can't with good consciousness book this much money for Columbus, Ohio. What? With good what? Like like in in good conscience. That's what he meant. That, that's in what I heard. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like knows what I'm trying to say. Lie. I know what you were saying too, but nobody <laughs> else does. <laughs> but I I booked. Um, I registered for the Pokemon Go so I could play competitive Pokemon Go because that's what I wanted to do. Literally all year. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to... First, I was I was going to go to um, Orlando, Florida to play Pokemon Go. And Florida, the whole Florida event got canceled by Pokemon. And then I was going to go to Indiana to play Pokemon Go. But the same thing happened in Indiana that's happening with Ohio. Like, I don't want to spend $700 to fly to Indianapolis. There's nothing there. <laughs> It's a bad state. I'm sorry, dollar. You know, if you live in Indiana, you know your state is bad. That's it's okay. Not all of Indiana is bad. There are outside of Fort Wayne, actually, most of the state is nice. And then the, I think the other place to play Pokemon Go is Milwaukee, but I registered for Sword and Shield. So I mean, I had sixty dollars down the drain. I guess not to go to Ohio, but I, I again, I can't. There, there was another thing that like bothered me which was i'm going to germany the week after so ideally i get back from ohio on monday and then i get on a plane to go to germany on wednesday and i i just i can't risk getting sick in ohio and then canceling the germ the the germany trip is way more important and oddly enough significantly cheaper (laughs) (laughs) well people want to go to germany (laughs) but you didn't raise the big true issue of the Columbus, Ohio, North American Pokemon Invitational, or whatever, international, unless that's later in the news. Oh, uh, the the reason I brought up Ohio is because of of all these in-person activations, Columbus, Ohio is not one. But, and and why is that also an issue? Because Dino Community Day is that weekend. Put the pieces together. They (laughs) scheduled Dino Community Day in the middle of the North American International Pokemon Championships. And the Pride. same day, thanks, Janine. Because yeah, you know Janine's what, Janine? out of control. Nobody Janine knows your phone number, Janine, but people know my phone number and call me to complain <laughs> about the fact that Dino Community Day was scheduled on the same day as the championships. It's not even the same... It's the same weekend, which is like we've seen this time. Like, like the the some of y'all don't remember a game called Pokemon Sword and Shield came out on a Friday, and that weekend, that same exact weekend on that Friday, the the UK championships were taking place. I don't remember. I don't know if it was called the European International Champion. I don't know if it was called the British International Champion. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a a. The same tournament that's happening in America is was happening in Europe. The same exact weekend that Sword and Shield launched. And they were still playing uh Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, because that was the that was the main competitive game, even though Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was out. And then also that Saturday, the day after Sword and Shield came out, it was Chimchar Community Day. Mm-hmm. I get that they want all Pokemon fans to experience a Pokemon weekend. 
But, like, come on. Like, you don't think there's not, like, you don't think some of your competitive players want to participate in Community Day? You don't think that half your player base buying Sword and Shield want to just enjoy Sword and Shield for that weekend? At least put it on Sunday. And even even if it was like, okay, Sword and Shield trainers, you can take three hours to go catch some Chimchars. Yeah, sure, we can. But, like, if you performed halfway decent on Friday, you are stuck performing on Saturday. Like, there is, uh, realistically, there are only 16 people in the VGC that are going to play on Sunday because it's going to be, like, top 16 or top 8, right? At least put Community Day on Sunday, then. It's not unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. apparently it is. And it's the same thing here. It's like, you don't have you don't have an in-person meetup in Columbus, Ohio, which is mind-boggling to me that you wouldn't want like out of like I'm looking at this whole map and there's a lot of cities picked and that's great that you know I and for the record Niantic does hire like third-party people to represent Niantic at at these events. But why why would you not want a Niantic tent and like make a big deal in the city that is hosting this huge Pokemon tournament? Also, again, Dino is on Saturday. The there's there's so many competitive players that are kind of forced to play on Saturday that probably want to participate. And when there's only going to be like a top eight or a top sixteen, that's a sm- that's not two hundred, four hundred, five hundred, seven hundred people. Why, why is it not on Sunday? Anyways, it Dino Community Day Saturday, June twenty fifth, from eleven to two. Dino will appear more frequently in the wild. Uh, Surprise! You know we we said this was going to happen. You know I'm going to go out on a limb here. Niantic put Axew in raids. Axew mm-hmm. follows the same thing as High Dragon, Dratini. Uh, you know Mareep. They're all dragon Pokemon. The Mareep was a joke, but actually not really a joke. It does eventually turn into a dragon. <laughs> I mean, it does become a dragon. <laughs> Tyranitar. You know these pseudo legendaries. Do you think they like being called pseudo? I know. They're legendary in my They're heart. They're legendary across... Arcanine is listed as legendary, the legendary Pokemon. in... It, not pseudo-nowhere. The only thing fake here is pseudo-woodo. Mm, I do like pseudo-woodo, though. There's no doubt in my mind that Axie doesn't get its own community day, right? We've been, we said this to the lead-up of GoFest. Like, don't spend money on Axie yeah, raids and then be like... They're gonna, it's coming. It, eventually. Right. It, like... You struggling to get a Tortuga out of eggs in Pokemon Go? Don't worry. They'll make it easier in the future. They always do. Mm-hmm. But if you want to participate in Dino Community Day, let me tell you what there is to offer. One-fourth the hatch egg distance when incubators are placed into eggs. Two times the catch candy. Two times the catch candy excel from catching Dino. Lure modules will last three hours. Incense will last three hours. Take a few snapshots for a surprise. One additional special trade and trades made will be uh, trades made during the event up to five hours afterwards will be 50% less stardust. Also, because it is the season of Go, which is still a bad name, in my opinion, yep. for this. It's just a bad name because your game's called Pokemon Go, and when I say season of Go, it just sounds like I'm saying it's a season, and I don't know what the name is, but the name is <laughs> Season of Go. You do get two special trades a day, meaning on GoFest, you will, or sorry, not GoFest, Community Day, you will have three special trades total, and all of them will be 50% less Stardust. I do want to say, ever since the, just 
not trying to defend Niantic, but I do want to lay, lay out here that these are like double the bonuses of previous community days. They started this when they removed the six hours, went to three hours with Stuffle, and we're like, we're going to give you more bonuses for the shorter amount of time so you don't have to play as long, which I will still say that worked for Stuffle. Like I got way more Stardust, way more candy, way more whatever in the three hours than I did playing all six hours. That's not the complaint people see. People want the flexibility. I mean, more of the stuff I never use, again, is not a value add. If you don't use it, it doesn't add value. I use it all. Yeah, but you're also not right in the head. That's true. I also would play the entire six hours because I was out of my mind. Because that's who you are, right? Like, Like saying the most obsessed person is the prime example, is not a good example. (laughs) I know the flaws in my logic. (laughs) I'm just making sure everybody else knows the flaws in your logic. If if, if the time thing wasn't an issue, I think cutting community day to three hours and giving you the same amount of rewards is very respectful of your time. Like, why would I want to do, why would I, like, I have plenty of things to do in the day. So giving me three hours back, but at the end of, that three hours I'm getting the same rewards as six hours, I think is fantastic. But again, the problem is, when can I play? Niantic has a solution for that, possibly. So let's talk about that. Uh, So there's bonuses for groups. Work together with other trainers to unlock additional bonuses. They've done this before. They've done this twice before. One for Geodude, one Community Day, one for Stuffle Community Day. I believe Stuffle Community Day, if you caught a bunch of Pokemon... Stuffle around a, a lure module, it will activate like double Stardust, I think it was, or four times Stardust. And then for Geodude, I think it was if you caught a bunch of Geodudes along a, a lure module. I never had that happen because uh, I played in the rain and that didn't actually happen. It was like four times the catch bonus, I think. This time around, they're saying if you if enough Pokemon are caught around a single lure module, Wild Zoilus will appear near the stop. Mm. But they're not saying the Zwilus could be shiny. Just Zwilus. It doesn't have the shiny symbol by it. does it. not have the shiny symbol. The symbol. I think the reason why, you would just get more candy from it. You would just pin app it, get more candy because of the evolution, maybe more XL candy. It's what it's like an okay bonus. I think maybe they should have started off with this. For, I, I don't know. I guess like you could at least visually see it happening. Whereas when we did Stuffle, Greg and I were like... Did it happen? Is, is, we are we getting trust. the Stardust? I don't know. Like, Okay, here's the, the, the new thing here. Brand new. First time ever. We're excited to announce that trainers can look forward to more fun during community days. After the three-hour community day ends, we're excited to announce that trainers can look forward to more fun during community day. After the three-hour community day event ends, trainers will be able to challenge unique four-star raid battles. Claiming one in victory will cause more dino to appear around that gym for 30 minutes. Please note that community bonuses listed above in the event bonuses and bonuses for group section only apply to the three-hour community day. Four-star raid battles. So they took away two- and four-star raid battles when they revamped the raid system, which, in my opinion, was a good change. Because no one wanted, there was nothing, no one wanted to do four-star Nidoqueen raids for a non-shiny Nidoqueen that didn't give you any bonuses. Zwilus will appearing, be appearing in four-star raids, band together... To emerge victorious, these raid uh, these raids can only be accessed with raid passes and premium raid passes. Remote raid passes cannot be used. When you complete the four star raid battles, 
When you defeat Zawilus in four-star raid battles, Dino will appear in a 300-meter radius around the gym that hosted that raid for 30 minutes. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. Uh, the cliff note says here, Dino will appear under these circumstances, will have the same chance of appearing as a shiny Pokemon that appears during the three-hour event period. There will also be the $1 field research for Dino, if you want to spend the dollar. Um, there will also be Dino stickers. There will also the Dino hat that you were able to earn a year ago. You can just buy it now for 150 Pokemon coins. And that's it. That is the that is the community day. That is the event. Uh, I think there was a lot of confusion around the um, uh, the Dino details here. The Dino details. The, di- the, di- the DD. The Dino details. The Dino is details. The Flintstones here. I'm going to grab a YouTube comment right now from last week's episode. This is from Tom. They say, hey, guys, loving the podcast as always. Uh, as I'm sure you'll mention uh, the next upcoming week, uh, the Dino Community Day is banning remote raids for Zwilus. Could you help us understand how scaling back everything and go incense three-hour community days, removing remote raids actually helps Niantic? I am so confused. I already missed Geodude Community Day due to last-minute personal reasons. I was out in the afternoon. I could have benefited from the usual six hours. Now remote raids look to be on the way out. Does Niantic actually want people to play less? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> remote raids are not on the way out. Uh, th- I think, at least when I talked to Niantic, they they admitted to the creator group that remote raids were hurting the in-person experience. And I think that is pretty obvious to people who say there's no one to do raids with anymore, right? Like, I don't have that problem. I can go to Mall of America. I can go to uh, a park in Minneapolis, and there are or there are people to raid with, right? I, I know I'm not the problem. But when but it really, not an eye-opening thing, but a thing I know that was happening for, for quite a while is, like, you know, I stream on Twitch, and I stream Pokemon Go. And when I was streaming 16 hours of GoFest, people would come in and they would be like, I wish I had people in my community to play with because they would see how many people were around the park or where we were at the zoo. And there was a lot of people and we would jump into raids and like, Will, Greg and I didn't talk to anyone. But when we would jump into a raid, like we talked to that, well, that one dude asked us if we were going to do that, like Kyogre raid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like every raid we jumped into, did we invite people? Yes. But there were also just people joining the raids that were in the area. And, and there was tons of people that came through my stream that were like, Again, I wish I there like there's no one no one goes to the park anymore. Everyone just remotes raids. So there's the, the this is on Niantic's shoulders now to be like we want remote raids did this. And how do we keep remote raids but get people to go back out to the park? So then people can be like I have a community once again. Um because I've had it where I've gone to a community day in the middle of January to a park I normally gone to. And when it's really cold out and when there's a pandemic and when your Pokemon isn't that exciting and you get to the park and there's no one there, you go, well, I guess I'll do one lap and go home because mm-hmm. no one's mm-hmm. here. Like, like, and we, t- I think we talked about this a month ago, like whether or not you're actually talking or communicating with people, you're still benefiting from other people existing in that area, whether that's lures or being able to jump into raids. Um, does Niantic want to actually have people play less? No. 
Um, and I think the, so the Zwilas thing is weird because I, I think people like to complain just for the sake of complaining. Uh, you don't want to remote raid into Zwilas. You don't want to pay a dollar to remote raid because you get really nothing from it. It's not a challenging raid. You could spend that dollar on a five star and get way better rewards. Get a, like, it can't be shiny. I don't know why you would want to remote raid into it. The whole point of the Zwilas is for me, Will, and Greg to be like, there's a Zwilas. It's, it's three o'clock. We'll do it. Now we have, t- now, now when we're sitting at B dubs doing the Zwilas raid while we're enjoying our dinner at B dubs, now a bunch of dinos are going to spawn around us because yeah, we did the Zwilas raid. Yeah. If I invite Nick from Boston to join us in the Zwilas raid, can he help us do it? Yeah, but we don't need his help. Like, we we can do Zwilas. I could probably solo Zwilas. So like, yeah, he's spending a dollar to catch a Zwilas, but like, you're getting double catch candy that day. You literally have to catch three dino with pineapple berries to evolve it to get Zwilas. Like, you. If anything, they're saving you money. Don't do this. <laughs> like, don't invite remote raid people to do Zwilas. There's no benefit to that. If people would rather pay money than do your thing, your thing isn't fun. True. But this is a situation where it's kind of sus if you'd rather pay money. Especially when you just came off three hours where you could have gotten (laughs) enough dinos to evolve a dino into a Zwilas. There, I mean, there are good enough reasons. Like, they did this one smart. Is it a sign of where they want to go? I don't know. What do you mean by smart? Sorry. Like, it's a four-star raid, so it's unusual. It doesn't stop anything from happening in Community Day. It is a bonus thing that can happen in an effort to see if that's enough to get people out. I don't think it is. But at least they aren't taking away from five stars, which are predicted, three stars, which are generally bad anyways <laughs> like yeah there's not a lot of three stars a, that are it worth is, it it is a unique slot that they're sliding something into so that the impact is less i i am not confident enough in how corporations work to say that this isn't the first salvo in getting rid of remote raid passes they're not getting rid of remote raids I li- I have I've talked to Niantic several several times yeah. in the last like month about remote raids. They have yeah. zero desire to get rid of remote raids. And uh, fifteen years ago, nobody was getting rid of unlimited plans, and then they did. Like, <laughs> like that's what they say now. Who knows what the future ha- happens, and who knows how this will change that decision? Like, I am not comfortable in saying that because they're saying that now, but they're also doing this. That, that those two aren't tied together because I know how corporations work and I know the decisions that they make. And this could be a test to see if they can eventually phase out remote raid passes completely. We don't know. I do know because I've it, talked to Niantic specifically. Yeah, yeah and I've talked now. to a million companies that say, we'll never do that. And then two years later, they do exactly that because they'll say things to get you off their back. And then two years later, they change their mind. I'm saying this. Every corporation has a complete history of doing that. But the contrasting uh, argument that you know uh, we've said, "Hey, don't, um, don't like turn things off. Just make the incentive to do something better, right? The the thing you want people to do, right? And this is an example of yeah. that. We want people to raid in person. Okay, 
if you do the Zwilus raid in person, you get a benefit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think this is a good way to say it, but I am not, com- I am not convinced, knowing how every company works, that we can uh, sufficiently say that this isn't a step of tests to get rid of remote paid rises. If I was That's to guess I'm what's going to happen to the future of remote raids, it's going to go from a dollar a pass to two dollars a pass. It is, it is, it, yeah. it is going to turn into a Team Rocket radar. And I like you can skip battling six Team Rocket grunts, and you can spend two dollars and get that radar. And to be honest, it's I kind of think it's worth it at this point because yeah, six kinda. grunts is is not only a time sink but not fun. At all. <laughs> if they were to ever pull the trigger of removing remote raid passes, they have not done the thing that they said they're going to do, which is increase the price to what they envisioned the... I don't know what the original price is supposed to be, because they keep saying that it's been discounted, it's been discounted, it's been discounted. I I don't know what the original price of remote raid passes are, but they have said that remote raid passes is hurting the in-person experience, and they don't want to remove that. So they need to they need to do something to then balance it out, and I think I do think this is a good balance. I do think that like, you know, if Greg and I are doing community day and Will is running late because he's clanging and banging at the gym, and he arrives to Mall of America, and he's only caught one shiny dino so far, I think it's great for for the three of us to jump into a raid. We can use our free raid passes because you get the free raid passes. We do the dino. Now there's more dino spawning. Yeah, because you guys are too greedy to trade me <laughs> each one shiny dino. Thanks a lot. I would trade you. I tried to trade. There was there was, was a like, miscommunication no. in the in the original press release. I think it said you needed ten people to do it. Um, that was just like uh, that was just like the basic in game bad suggestion. Because when you do like a one star raid, I think it says like you need three to four people to do this one star raid but like in reality you you don't and i think when you do a three star raid i think it says you need like seven to eight people to do it but like most level 40 players can solo a three star raid themselves you just said it right it's seven to eight normal people three freaks who are over 40 So Niantic did clarify that realistically if if you were one of those hardcore players you could probably solo this um, if you were not a hardcore player, it would probably be um, about three people to do Zwilus. Yeah, you'll be able to jump in, do it. I saw comments on Twitter of like, oh, now Niantic is making us pay for Community Day. You, the, you, 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 the, the three-hour Community Day is still there. It's totally free. It's the same thing it always is. This is just like, if you want an extra 30 minutes and you have your free remote raid pass and you and a friend are standing there, just remote, in, like... Not remote in, but like log, jump into the raid and do it, and then now you have more dinos. On the flip side, if also you don't need any more dinos, then don't do the raid. <laughs> like my issue with with what this could be is okay. I'm at the park. I've done the three hours. There's seven gyms here. Only one of the gyms is doing dino. And then we do the dino, and then none of the other gyms spawn dino. Like, that is my issue. Like, is that is that going to happen? Cause oh, I, like, you mean Zwilus. Oh, so yeah, sorry, Zwilus. Like, I was like, why would we care like, about dino? We, we, I, can, I, can control, I can control how many Zwilus raids I'm doing. I can't control where, where or when they're yeah. appearing. 
And that has always been my issue with community day is if I'm at the park for three hours and there's seven gyms and throughout that entire three hours, only two raids have spawned. And it's like uh, Geodude and Nido Queen. Like, I don't want to do those. Like, <laughs> like again, Niantic, just like grab the legendary lever and just crank it up during community day because like that's easy money for you. People are out. They're going to jump into it. But you should walk to another gym. It's only 50 miles. Got it. Okay, okay. Uh, Did we answer all that person's questions? Um, We'll list them off again. I think so. Can you help understand how scaling back everything incense three hours community day removing remote raids actually helps Niantic? Uh, The three hour community days is what Niantic has said. I will give you what Niantic has said. The three hour community days is to force more people to play at the same time, which goes back to people saying they don't have a community, therefore forcing everyone to play at the same time will restore that community. Uh, the incense actually is the same reason. It forces people to go to a park instead of playing at home, which gives you the sense of community. Removing the remote raid passes only specifically for Zwilus, I, uh, I think is the most logical. Like You don't want to remote raid into these anyways. It forces you to go out because like Again, if you are working from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and you're literally getting off work when community day ends, you can go to a park, meet up with a friend, ideally a community maybe, and then be able to get your Zwilus, uh that way. So all of your an- questions goes to Niantic desperately trying to force people to play together. Also, yeah, what? when playing together, seeing what groups of people do f- as far as advertising, where they visit, where they spin, is really valuable information. So if they get a bunch of people <laughs> doing that for three hours, that information is way more I valuable than a bunch of people spread out for six hours. So, this game has existed for six years. <laughs> what yeah, one but way that people's I... People's patterns change over six years, especially post-pandemic. That's true, that's true. Well, what and so, yeah, I... getting people to clump together and then I'll make a decision to see what's popular is a great advertising sale. One way that I frame this that's not Dark State Greg. Um... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Tell I don't me know, like, like Netflix you know series that Greg has watched over the, the pandemic, but we got like... That... <laughs> so th- one way that I like to think about it, or I like to think that Niantic is thinking about it in a more beneficial, less evil way, um, is that they want Community Day... And they want their events to be uh, similar to like a concert or a play, right? Something you go to and experience as a group, not a television show, sit at home and watch it on your own. They want it to be an event that you schedule, you go to, you experience as a group. And that's why they're trying to architect it so that it functions in that way. Yeah, they, they do want it to be a thing where like... I text I text Greg and Will being like, what are we doing for community day? Like Leave it on read. <laughs> but no, no, but no, it's not even like it's not even with your friends, right? If I want to go see a show at First Avenue, I don't have to tell the four hundred and ninety-nine other people who want to see that band, hey, we've got to all go to First Avenue. We just know, right? That's a good place to see a good show or to see the band or let's, you know, in the Pokemon terms, to get the Pokemon that I'm looking for, right? And we're all going to be in that same place because it's an event and it's a shared experience event. I think those wireless raids are good, like a good concept. Uh, I don't know how they will look in execution. 
I guess we'll find out. I don't know if can you just chain Zwilus raids until like three a.m. Like, is there going to be that one player that like just? Oh, there's going to be that one player. <laughs> Wait, I thought raids turned off at a certain time. They, of the day. they, yeah, they do. Um, I'm just saying, like, I mean, if community day ends at two, how long is a single person going to chain Zwilus? You know, there's there's going to be one person that tries to. I'm sure, but I I, I think it's. I, I I'm glad they're trying something new. Uh, I'm sure it will break. Uh, who knows if they'll stick around with it? Even you know, I was thinking of like even if they do the thing of you can either play at eleven. I was thinking like you remember the ticket where it was like I want to play normal, easy, hard. I want to do catching, battling, or whatever. I could definitely see them in the future doing like pick your time for community day. Do you want to play in the morning or do you want to play in the afternoon? But I, I feel like you're still going to get... It's, it'll be better, right? Obviously, more choices are better, but you're still going to get the amount of people being like, I can't play any of these times. I work on Saturdays. Why isn't it Sunday? Like, it, it, it's a tough thing to do when you have a global game and you're saying the whole world play at 11 to 2 in your time zone and not everyone can. Maybe the, the Zwilus relieves a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for at least being like, hey, me and my wife, we have a kid. We weren't able to go out. We can go to Target. There's this wireless raid here. We'll do this wireless raid. Now we can catch dinos as we're trying to pick out a new espresso machine at Target. Like, that is a new possibility that did not exist before. Assuming that that, that assuming that the Target has a wireless raid. You know, like, like again, <laughs> I, yeah, assuming. I don't know yeah. how often those wireless are going to spawn. So that's kind of like the, the, my worry about it is like, I want to do it, but the raids aren't happening. And, and if it makes your mind feel better, think of it like, say it's the, the tour, touring performances of Moulin Rouge, right? No matter how much you want that to be at a time that's convenient for you, the theater is only going to have it at one particular time when all the actors and everybody can get together. Well, two times on Wednesdays and Sundays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you get the understudies. <laughs> the Not <matinee> necessarily. <laughs> Look, matinees are... Boy. Matinees are matinees. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. Uh, we got a bunch of non-Pokemon Go news to talk about, so we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Every Plate. Dinner is an unavoidable circumstance. And it's something that we have to plan around almost every day when you think about the time that goes into deciding what to eat. Then you have to shop for it. Then you have to prep it. Then you have to cook it. It can all really add up. And sure, there are alternatives like takeout and delivery. They're very convenient, but they can quickly burn a hole in your wallet. Enter Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. Every Plate helps you skip tedious trips to the grocery store and delivers everything you need to cook at a consistently affordable price. They're incredibly delicious meals. You can choose from up to 17 weekly recipes and then just have it come to your house and then you get to make it. You know, I, I definitely thought that these meal services were more expensive than going to the grocery store, but have you been to the grocery store recently? <laughs> things are expensive now. <laughs> yeah, it's getting... it's uh, yeah. Speaking of every plate, we I, I think I have a new favorite. We got some like meatballs... And potatoes and like little bread that you like. Gar- garlic bread. I was gonna say, what kind of bread was it? It was garlic bread. 
It was a banger of a meal. It was very good. I'm still very sad. Irene and I, we get in every plate every two weeks. Comes with four meal. We do the, like the four meal thing. Uh, we usually make a meal on um, Tuesday nights, and then we usually make a meal on Friday nights. And we could increase it, but you know our, our work schedules are pretty busy. But that's why every plate is great because like we we get the four meals. We go, we're gonna do these two meals this week. We're gonna do these two meals next week. And if we decide to change last minute of like you know what, don't want the chicken, want the meatballs tonight. Meals are easy enough to make in 30 minutes that it's like not that big of a deal to be like, hey, let's just switch it up. It comes all packaged, easy to put in your fridge, easy to sort. I have yet to have a bad every plate meal. They are just outstanding. Very, very good. All right. Uh, you can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code supereffective179. That's you can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code supereffective179. This podcast is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ryan Reynolds passing those sweet savings right on to you. Mm-hmm. Mint Mobile sent me a SIM. Uh, I threw it in an old iPhone because, like everything we advertise on this show, I like to test it out to make sure that we're, we're, we're advertising some good stuff. And uh, Mint Mobile works. It's great. Uh, I tested it with Pokemon Go. I tested it with Pikmin Bloom. I went to Boston. I went to Seattle. I went to, well, I am soon going to Milwaukee. But no, it works great. It works great everywhere. $15 a month. Uh, you can get access to, uh, they have plans that come with unlimited talk, unlimited text, high-speed data. Uh, they're working on a 5G network. Works with my iPhone 10R, which is a pretty old phone. I'm sure it would work with my iPhone 13 if I decided to put it in there. I have a Google Pixel. I could try it in there. I, again, I'm sure it would work. Because Mint Mobile says it works with any phone. You can keep your same phone number. You can do your all your existing contacts. If you want to get a new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get a plan shipped to your door for free, you can go to mintmobile.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. That is mintmobile.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And we are back from our break. This is off Pokemon.com. Delphox and Season 8 Battle Pass are now available. Fennekin, Brakeson, and Del... Braxen? 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 Braxen. Braxen. Learns Will-O-Wisp and Ember at level 1 and 3. Um, evolves at level 4. Then evolves again into Delphox at level 6. That seems like really low, actually. I yeah, like it's low. Garchomp is like Ho- 9. 
Oh boy, is Del Fox powerful right now. Del Fox has Fire Blast. Uh, Ember can be upgraded to Mystic Fire. At level 7, Will-O-Wisp can either change into Fire Spin or Flame Charge. Del Fox Unite move is called Fanic Fireworks? Fanciful Fanciful. Fanciful Fireworks. Mm. The show-stopping attack deals damage over time to opposing Pokemon within the effective area. The opposing Pokemon damage by Fanciful Fireworks have their movement speed decreased and their HP recovery effects weakened for a short time. It's a ranged uh, attacker. uh, So that would be the same classification as like a Cinderace or... uh, (laughs) Like a... Like a lot of things right now in that game, but Decidueye, Ninetales, uh, who Cram else rant. is a range attacker? Like, um, there's so many range attacker, and we and we don't have another speedster yet. Still, they only have four, and because it's a useless class, like it's it's they're just attackers, but like slightly less health, slightly faster. They go speed. fast. They go they're fast. Like Sonic. I would say that there is a useless class because there's still a lot of people that play them and do very well in in the jungle area. Yeah, but you, like the amount of Cinderaces or other attackers like Venusaur that just do jungle instead. Like, there's no, yeah. there's really no disadvantage to putting an attacker in a jungle. Delphi, I will say it. Delphox is OP right now. Uh, I'm happy. At least the takes they have on the moves are somewhat. I haven't seen them on other Pokemon, I'll say that. At least in this way. Fire Blast that shoots forward and then the trail, at least behind it, explodes. Uh, which is fun. But the one that everybody likes is when you're trying to run away from Fire Spin. Because <laughs> it just follows you. Does a Charizard get... have Fire Spin? Like, I've I've sat in a Charizard's Fire Spin and been like, oh, well, this sucks. But does the Fire Spin sp- does it follow you around the No, around it the board? sits on the map and, like, burns. So you, like, block yeah, the spot. Yeah, no. This one, you launch it at somebody. If they aren't in it, it follows them. It tracks Wait, them and tries to catch fireworks them. it does that? No. Oh. It's fire spin. So, like, if I see a Venusaur here and they're running, I can put the fire spin here and it follows them, just nicking their heels. And if they get caught in it, it spins them around. Whereas the big fire blast on the ground that Charizard does doesn't move. It's just a big place. It's just like damage over through. time. Yeah. Fire spin is wild i love it of course everybody's playing delphox right now so i i've gotten to play delphox in a match twice yeah it's like the duraludon problem where like literally yeah. everyone was running duraludon because it was so powerful yeah also i mean, I, I i did play unite like a week ago greg they did not fix uh, duraludon's sound when it makes when it attacks it's so much louder than everyone else's and As like it should be, and <laughs> even even if you're not like I'm not playing Duraludon, it's just the other Duraludons on the field that like it's so triggering it how is, loud it, it is, is. Very loud. It is still very loud. Uh, I mean, I generally just turn whenever I'm playing it. I, I turn sound way down, anyways, because there's nothing in there that I want. There's almost none of the sounds that I want. <laughs> I, I'm fine having it just low level quiet. There is no way. I, I would say this. I highly doubt we are not going to see some sort of nerf come to this character. Well, even like like reading it and not seeing it in action, the fact that it evolves at six. Yeah. Like, I feel like Gardevoir is like eight. Garchomp is like nine. Gardevoir is is at eight. And I think think they were going to lower Gardevoir or they did lower Gardevoir because it was really bad. 
But yeah, it evolves fast, and the two attacks that it has... At level 6, Fire Blast is huge. And then at 7, it gets Fire Spin, and it's just... It's a monster right now. It's a fun monster, but it is a monster. I I don't think I've ever seen anybody yet use Mystical Fire or Flame Charge. Like, I've not even seen anybody pick those. Because why would you? Yeah. I mean, that's the nerf that I think is coming. They're either going, they're going to bump those other two down so that the other options are picked. Are so that you at least feel like you have a choice. This is not a Unite thing, though. This is like every MOBA, every every hero shooter is like the new character is overpowered because they want people to buy it. Oh, yeah. You don't want to. It's funny because they didn't really overpower Espeon and they gave Espeon away for free. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But they overpower Delphox for money. How much is it? 10,000 10, 10, coins? 10,000. Yeah. I was sitting on 36,000 coins, so I was like, bye. Yeah. This is off Kotaku. Pokemon Pioneer Game Freak's co-founder uh, Masuda leaves studio for bigger role. This was actually last week, but I was like, mm, they're not going to give us any news this week. And they didn't. There was nothing. It's just this. It's fine. Which it's also a, a kind of a clickbaity title. This is a little clickbaity. Yeah, idea. it's a, it's a clickbaity title. Anybody who's been paying attention has noticed that he's been shifting his position over the past like eight years. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, like, at hardcore shifting. Like, X and Y was I'm the last surprised. main series game he directed, which was. 2013, nine years ago. <laughs> when I when I use the word main series, there he did direct. Let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee as main series, and he did direct mm-hmm. that. But that is that is a remake. I'm I was talking like brand new world, right? That was X and Y. Masuda's Game Freak's former managing director has stepped down from the company's role uh, to take up a far new ser- senior position at the Pokemon Company as a chief creative fellow. Masuda had a pivotal role in creating the development of the Pokemon franchise. He was a programmer on Pokemon Red and Blue. He then became to uh, the director of mainline series games from Ruby and Sapphire to Pokemon X and Y. I think he also directed Black and White, if I remember correctly. But isn't that saying it, it's so. yeah. from Ruby and Sapphire all the way through X no, and Y? No, because he yeah. didn't direct every game in between. I see. Um, like, Omori directed Black 2, White 2. And then... Somebody else, I can't remember the guy who directed Platinum. Alongside these roles, he frequently created the music for the series too, uh, as well as being directly involved in naming some uh, naming and designing many of the monsters. I don't know about designing many of the monsters. I don't actually know that. Kotaku, I think that is slightly incorrect. He is now extended from a more powerful position with more responsibilities as Pokemon as a Pokemon franchise as a whole. Uh, the developer worked on every mainline game in some capacity. That is true. Uh, and even the person who wrote the base game concept documentation for Pokemon Go, that is also true. A lot of people, I don't think, know this, but Masuda was the one that uh, made, like, the the touchscreen. This is an audio podcast. This wor- this doesn't work even on video. <laughs> but, like, the, the swirly fling the Pokeball with your finger, that was, like, his concept. Didn't he also make the music for Go Fest? Yes, he made all the sounds that you hear in Pokemon Go. Ones that you turn off, yeah. Yeah, because they're terrible. Mm-hmm. 
2018, Masuda made it clear that he was ready to move on from directing Pokemon titles, telling the official Pokemon website that Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee was the last time he would be at the helm. Uh, he wanted the younger generation at Game Freak to get a chance with the series. Four years later, he has officially left the studio, but not the franchise, taking on the splendid <laughs> title of the Pokemon Company's Chief Creative Fellow, which sounds like it would be a rank up. Uh, where it seems like his role will be continuing to innovate the approach of the Pocket Monsters, this new title gives him far greater responsibility for Pokemon overall, including the card game, screen adaptations, adaptations, brand management, etc. I mean, it's a big step up. Like that. I mean, that is a huge job promotion. Uh, I don't know. I kind of see it in a different way. I see it more as it's. It's like he's like. I'm ready to retire, and they're like, well, we don't want to lose you, so let's put you into this position where you can consult on a lot of things, but you don't, you, you don't have to produce, right? You, you can give your yeah. input, but you don't have deliverables. That's a huge promotion in corporations. I, I, I mean, it, it We're going to put you into a spot where we pay you a lot of money and you barely have to work. Yeah, it's it's the we don't want to lose. But it's not like the, oh, he's going to be this big decision oh, maker. No. He's going to set the direction for where Pokemon. No, it's, it's like we don't want to lose you. We value your input, so we will continue to pay you without a lot you of money. having to, like, Give us a soundtrack every two years and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that this is a very specific future thing that they're prepping for. He was directly involved in Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl in some capacity. We don't know what it was. But they gave Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl to Ilka, unfortunately. And then they put Masuda to be like, hey, watch these people make this game. And at some point, he would have had to say, yes, this is good enough, ship it. And I think that that's what they needed going forward. They needed a person to look at these games that Game Freak is not doing and say, is this good enough? You would know you've worked on all these games. So if anything, this to me is, we need Game Freak to continue making new Pokemon games, but we need to continue double-dipping and go and producing other Pokemon games because we need this constant flow of Pokemon games. And we needed a person to look over the other companies that will be making these other games. So if anything, it's like... It's a like, brand consistency officer. Yeah, so if anything, it's, it's... To me, it's... We definitely know... I shouldn't say definitely. In my opinion, it is... That Game Freak is not making a, di a a black and white three or a a remake of black and white. It is another company, whether that's Ilka or somebody else, is making that when that time comes. And Masuda is in a position where he will be overseeing it at the Pokemon company. Because Game Freak shouldn't technically be overseeing another Pokemon project. It would be the Pokemon company that would be overseeing a Pokemon project. Yeah. Because Game Freak Game needs Freak's to focus on their own stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Game Freak didn't go over to Pokemon Tournament and be like, how are you guys doing over there, uh, Bandai Namco? <laughs> like, no, the Pokemon company was the, the people that went over there. That's, wh that's what I think. They put him in a position where they, they are now more comfortable with non-Game Freak Pokemon games, and he's going to oversee that. That's what I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't I I think that's good and bad, right? Like I think I think it's good that 
Game Freak doesn't have to overextend and try to make six games at once. I think it's bad that we've learned that Ilka really dropped the ball hard on just remaking a game. <laughs> ah, it was the first. It was the first. Yeah, one. it was the first one. Um, it was a faithful remake. It was, mm. you know, that there was some faithfulness to that remake, indeed. <laughs> Minus the, uh, anyways. Good for him, though. Uh, good for him moving up. I I don't think that's... I, I think for the average Pokemon fan, that means literally nothing. Nah. <laughs> I mean, these are sort of internal shuffling and internal divisions of labor that are really wild and complicated and mostly will do nothing. Yeah, and like I, I don't won't. think there... I don't think there was a situation before that where he wasn't just involved in all this stuff. Yeah. Like, he is a very powerful, he was a very powerful Game Freak employee. Like, when people think of Pokemon, they think of Masuda, which is funny, because, like, Masuda got blamed for a lot of stuff around Sword and Shield, even though he wasn't the director of Sword and Shield. And, like, no one ever blames Ishihara, the president and CEO of the Pokemon company. Like, <laughs> Ishihara's name is rarely ever brought up. Like, Amori's name is rarely ever brought up, even though Amori directed... Sun and Moon, Black and White, like, Sword and Shield. Like, no one brings up Mori. No one brings up Ishihara. Sometimes people bring up Sugimori, but they're literally bringing up Sugimori for his art style. Like, Masuda's name is the name that gets brought up time and time again, mm -hmm. even though he doesn't, he, he didn't work on specific games. So Yeah, but he has a method named after him, and that's the problem. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's cause you, no when one... you get a method named after you, you are going to be the 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 point that everybody is like, that's the problem. This method, and it's Masuda's method. I'm waiting for the uh, Amori method one day. What is that going to be? <laughs> Hopefully soon. This, I think, you know, I I thought the Masuda getting a job change was a pretty big deal, at least for our show, because we're more hardcore fans here. But sure. I think this really, like, this really blindsided me here. This is off Nintendo Life. Former Pokemon art director reveals Plucky Squire, his first game from his new studio. Again, this is wild to me. Yesterday, Pokemon artist James Turner, known in recent times as the art director of Pokemon Sword and Shield, announced he moved on from Game Freak and he formed a brand new studio with an old friend. Uh, and the studio is called All Possible Feature Futures. Turner at uh, the time test. Uh, Turner at the time teased. The studio's first game, stating it would be taking place very soon, and sure enough, the game was revealed during Devolver Digital's latest presentation. Devol Devolver Digital is uh, a publisher of games. Um, and in my opinion, I think they publish pretty good games, honestly. They have a pretty good track record if you look at their game library of what they've published. The game is called Plucky Squire. It's launching on all platforms, including the Nintendo Switch, in 2023. Uh, it follows the magic adventures of Jot and his friends, the storybook characters who discovered there's a three-dimensional world beyond the pages of their book when a villain kicks them out. Players will be able to jump between 2-3 and 3-D worlds in the action-adventure while solving puzzles, boxing badgers, and even flying around on a jetpack. It's really hard to describe this. Like, oh, please watch yeah. the trailer. The trailer is great. Um, is it like Reverse Paper Mario? Kind of. <laughs> it's. It looks awesome. 
yeah, it it looks like a beautiful game. And honestly, like, good for him. Like, what the old adage is, you'll never get rich working for somebody else. So, like, start your own thing. Make your own stuff. Awesome. Like, he got a ton of great experience. He's going to turn that into his own great company, hopefully. I'm like, cool. It is. It is so... Like from from the screenshot of the plucky squire to the characters, the like everything in the screenshot is screams his art style. And if you yeah. followed him on Twitter or Instagram, he has a very specific art style. And mm-hmm. he has created over twenty Pokemon for the series. He's created Vanillite, Trevident, uh, Buzzwall, um, Guzzlord, Poiple, uh, Galarian Zigzagoon line. When I say like. Poiple, I mean the whole line. When I say Vanillite, I mean the whole line. Mandibuzz, Golurk. He's created over 20 Pokemon. Those are, And the ones I just named are the ones we know for sure he created because right. he has said that at a certain yeah. point. Uh, the Pokemon company was not happy with, with <laughs> him and other designers saying what they've created. I, and I think it, it's not because, like, I think it's mostly they want... When you look at a Pokemon, they want you to think like, oh, it came from the same place. Right. Not like, oh, these. And they also don't want people being targeted like, oh, you designed Charizard and Eevee. Oh, well, I hate Charizard and Eevee. So I dislike (laughs) all like they just it's mostly like a protection thing. But if you ever follow if you follow James Turner on Twitter or whatnot, and you've seen his art style, it's 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 very specific. It's very uh, simple, clean, thicker lines kind of stuff. And. The whole like comic book or sorry adventure book is is a million percent his art style, the title screen and everything. There is a if if you dig it a little bit deeper and you go to um the Twitter for uh, all possible features and you see the people that they're following, you can see you can find like the other designers and developers and there's like I think it's like a team of six right now. The, it, it good for him. The game looks great. Oh yeah, yeah. it looks like the a day one great. purchase for me. Um, it looks like a very adventure game. I don't know, like Zelda adventure game. I don't know. It kind of looks a little linear, but that's based off like a two minute trailer. Yeah, it's really hard to say from the trailer how much back and forth. Like, because I kind of make it seem like you'll be going back and forth between the book and the other world. Like, but the trailer doesn't really yeah show that because it's like the reveal trailer of what it is. So I don't. I honestly don't know what to expect from the game. Um, I'm it, not gonna say it was a, a it it did what a lot of trailers haven't yeah. done for me in the last two years, which is sell you on the game. <laughs> oh yeah, mm. I mean, if it's a platformer, I'm out because I don't like platformers. Um, yeah, that's my worry so, too. I mean, I'm very bad at platformers. I'll I'll wait to see what it is, but like, I'm actually like marking it to be like I want to go and see what this is when it actually comes out because I'm interested in this game. I like puzzle platformers. I don't like time like i'm I'm not a metroid but i yeah. am a limbo Ooh, i like limbo <laughs> it's a platformer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not big on platformers in most iterations it is it is wild to me though that he left game freak i think that's kind of a big deal and uh it was funny because uh there was a person in my stream who uh, you could just uh, I very in in the five years of me streaming on Twitch, it's very obvious when there is um, a very young person in your Twitch stream because they talk in a very specific way, 
Um, and or they type in a very specific way. It could be that you know English is not their first language. The history of what they said in the past, they they were right. like, I don't see how this is a big deal. I've never heard of James Turner, and they, and they <laughs> like. <laughs> I think for it goes back to the Masuda thing. I think an average Pokemon fan has. You're right. This doesn't affect them at all. But we are not making a podcast for an average Pokemon fan. <laughs> I think somebody who has uh, the first non-Japanese person who has designed over 20 different Pokemon, the first non-Japanese person in position of power at Game Freak to be an art director, leaving Game Freak, I think is a pretty big deal for Mm -hmm. our audience. And I don't think there was any ill will based on like him making the Quaxley... uh, tortilla chip and uh cat grass cat art and all that stuff like he was really excited around the launch of scarlet and violet which you would think that he was the art director for scarlet and violet because that was not talked about like he didn't his name doesn't appear at all in arceus legends his name appears all over the crown tundra isle of armor sword and shield obviously because he was the art director there and because scarlet and violet has been worked on ideally since Sword and Shield finished, there's probably no doubt that he didn't help with the start of Scarlet and Violet. Probably not, yeah. And I look at I look at specific Pokemon like Quaxley, and that looks like a James Turner Pokemon. Mm, like I out agree. of like like it, oh, there's yeah. just he makes po- like if you look at Plucky Squire and you see some of the stuff, you're just like and then you look at other Pokemon. Like there's a there's there the the um, the badger, the badger you see in Plucky Squire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like Obstagoon. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a, there's the little bugs that appear kind of look like his style for Buzzwall and and Poiple. Like they're, it's really hard to explain, but like he, he has a very distinct style. And, and Quaxley you can fits see that you, style. You can you can see the parallels. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not like he left Game Freak and was like, "I'm going to put Obstagoon in my game." Like right. it's it's just no. He like draws um, in a specific way. I'm curious why you think it's a huge, huge deal. I think it's a huge deal in the sense of why wouldn't the Pokemon Company want to keep him? Well, that's or why would that's not, their it's option. not their decision. <laughs> sure, but like I feel like if if you have. You know, if if you're like the Johnny Ives of Apple, you want to probably do everything possible to keep Johnny Ives. I mean, like, right? Or you want to te- keep the Tim Cooks, or you want to keep the you want to keep well, these no, people that are no. See that that doesn't that's that's not a an apples to apples, right? Tim Cooks is operations, and if you want to be the head of operations for one of the largest technology companies in the world, then yes, you stay at Apple. Johnny Ives is creative, and if he says. I have reached my limit of what I can do creatively at this company. It doesn't matter right. how much money you throw right. at him or whatever. He's like, I want to do creative things because that's what I'm passionate about. And if James Turner is like, I, I am, I, I've mined my Pokemon design, you know, mind empty. I've got <laughs> nothing left. Yeah. In that, it doesn't. He's like he wants to do creative things. He's he's clearly I, made enough money that he doesn't. Need <laughs> I mean, money. you would you think that lo- their um that their gear project would help out with that. 
like, hey, we don't want to lose you. We'll put you on a gear project. Why Why wasn't Plucky Squire a gear project thing like Harmonite was, which he worked on Harmonite, or um, Tembo, yeah, the elephant. He's which, got all but, their input on yeah, it, which I he mean, doesn't necessarily like, want. That's, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? Like, one, when you work for a large corporation, you don't own that stuff. It's yeah. not yours. And if you want to make something that's yours, but you're just like, this is what I want, and I want it to be my way, and I don't want it to be by a committee, you're never going to get that in a corporation. That's true. Two, I was watching with uh, a bunch of people who are non-native Japanese speakers who talk about how hard it is just to advance in Japanese companies because you're always having to translate. You don't have the same social connections. Even if you're fluent, there is always a barrier there that's going to limit your abilities. And that is just a reality of anybody who works in two languages, that there's always going to be a barrier there. And whether they can compensate it for as much as they can, but ultimately you may just hit a point where like, I don't feel like I can actually get to where I want to be in this company because there is this barrier that we've limited as much as we can, but we'll never eliminate. That's that's a factor. It's also could be I just want to own something of my own. <laughs> yeah, that, I want to be able to just do this on my own. And a lot of companies have, especially if you're in the same field, they're not going to let you make a side project. They're not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put out a competing game while you're working for a game company. It's a conflict of interest. Well, and heck, like, nah. right? Even at American universities, anybody who is a professor at an American university has to sign a contract that says any intellectual property you create while you are a professor here belongs to the university, does not belong to you. And it doesn't matter if I'm a psychology professor and I write a book about astrology. That astrology book belongs to the university. Yep. I just think he he clearly did something right. He clearly he pushed past those barriers that these old Japanese companies put up. Like he oh, yeah. was the first non-Japanese person to make a Pokemon. That's a huge deal. Like out there there's there's probably millions of people out there that want to make Pokemon that that are drawing Pokemon right now. I mean just go to DeviantArt. They they're out oh, there. Oh yeah. And somehow he did it. He was yeah. he he was the one that got through. He mm-hmm. was the one that moved up and became the art director of the entire project. So like yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. There's like language barriers even if you know Japanese fluently, there's still like slang, there's still like you're you're still seen as like a non-Japanese person, there's still the struggles. But he did it. He he somehow yeah. figured out how to get through all of that and make it to a very high position at Game Freak. And he seemed very happy, and I'm sure he was. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, oh, there was probably drama. Like, it probably was fine. He was probably just like, you know, I'm ready to move on. Um, Absolutely. But also, like, the other things, like, I've other things that we don't know. I got to the level that I can get to. I fought through everything, and I don't want to keep fighting. Like, there's so many reasons why people are like, I want to branch out on my own, that I think... One, it's great that he got as far as he did because we got a lot of great stuff out of it. Two, I'm happy he's starting his own thing that he's going to continue making the the products that he wants to make. Three, it clearly seems like he left on good terms. Yeah. And four, he showed that other people can do it, right? Like, he is the trailblazer. 
And his decisions after that, I are I'm happy for whatever choices he makes. Um, I don't. I I think a lot of I feel like a lot of people are like this is a dire potent of what it's like to be non-Japanese in the Pokemon company. I'm like, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't I see, see a person either. who was like very successful and then said, I want to be successful on my own terms. I'm leaving on good terms. I'm very happy and I can talk to people how I did it so they can do it too if they wish. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see this as like a neg I don't think like Game Freak or the Pokemon company is taking a hit. I just I just think there are there are definitely people out there that are special that you focus on and I think like for a lot of Apple people, Johnny Ives was that person before he left Apple where it was like Johnny Ives changed Apple for the better. And I think James Turner changed Game Freak for the better and I think, you know, if if we look at the if we if we look at the history of of Game Freak and Pokemon, you know, Masuda will always be talked about. Sugimori will always be talked about. I think James Turner will always be talked about. Amori, I feel like hasn't gotten there yet. Even though like Amori is the one that has been directing all of these games, uh, and maybe because Masuda is now is stepping out, Amori will be mm-hmm. talked about more. But I I think Amori is equally talented. Like I I do think Sword and Shield are incredible. Um, and I hope Scarlet and Violet is better, uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. I mean, like, again, Amori did other games too, and they were, they were, they were just as good. Uh, the, the only maybe saving, not say the, the only maybe thing I look forward to in the future in regards to James Turner, um, is after his contracts or NDAs or whatever are over. Is he going to talk about his Pokemon process in like five years or six years? Is he going to be like? I mean, we can hope so. Like you would hope that somebody at uh, Kotaku or The Verge or whatever, when they sit down and talk to him in a couple of years about whatever other game he's working on, you would hope that they would know that he has like a Pokemon history and bring up like. So tell me about how you design Poiple. <laughs> <laughs> going to do mean, a master class. It depends on how, like, what the NDAs are, but yeah, I mean, after about five years, the NDA should be gone, so we can talk about it. Hopefully, yeah. There's no way to. that there's an NDA that's like for the rest of your life you can never yeah. talk about how uh, you made vanilla. This is a Japanese contract, not an American <laughs> contract. So, I, anyways, if you haven't seen it, the game is called The Plucky Squire. Um, you should just be able to pop that into YouTube or whatever, and it's like a two-minute trailer. I think it's worth checking out. I, it's It looks really exciting, honestly. I know Summer Games Week was this past week, and it was uh, a lot of horror games, and this was... <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> Maybe the one game that actually looked good coming out of it. It looks very cute, very adorable. Um so yeah, kind of crazy that uh, in the last two weeks, two big Pokemon people kind of changed things around. I, I again, I don't think that I don't think there's anything to worry about. But I think if if you follow the Pokemon company as closely as we do, it is um, it's interesting. Anyways, uh, question of the week. Oh gosh, we're there. We're uh, there. there we are. <laughs> what is the question of the week? Okay, I got some. We got some YouTube questions here. Did we have a lot of YouTube questions? We got a lot of YouTube questions, and I didn't realize we were the James Turner and the Masuda thing was going to take so much time. I didn't realize the Pogo stuff was going to take so much time. Uh, All right, here we go. This is from Tyler. 
Uh, I think you guys should get somebody who can talk about the names in Spanish and to some of the theories going with uh, Toro, Sada, Cor- uh, Coridon, and Miraidon. Also, does the future alien guy from Pokemon Go Fest have anything to do with the Scarlet Violet uh, revelations? Also, how's Pride Month going for everyone? Who are your top three Pride Pokemon? Um, and that was from Tyler. I mean, I I answered in line on that too. <laughs> uh, Re from GoFest, I don't think it has anything to do with Scarlet and Violet. That is very Alola stuff. Um, well, the Ultra yeah, Recon I mean, squad Ultra from Ultra Moon. Gods. Yeah, Ultra Sun, Ultra uh, yeah. Moon. I guess maybe if you didn't play Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, because right. that was specific to Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, where right. Ultra Sun Ultra Moon had four Ultra Recon squad people, and they were two exclusive to. Two were exclusive to Ultra Sun. Two were exclusive to Ultra Moon. They both had the same exact storyline, which was they they both had Poiple, and they both end up catching a Furfru, and they're like obsessed with the Furfru for a while, which is like probably the highlight of that yeah, story. Yeah, it's very good. And then they lead you to Ultra Necrozma, um, and that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, it's not it's not a big storyline, but I was wondering like people who never played that game like you're gonna yeah I didn't no even think about that until Tyler is. asked the question of like what do you mean the ultra like the ultra Incline squad is from yeah but if you never played yeah. Ultra Sun Ultra Moon you, you never, never saw those it. games yeah. you never saw it I because I saw it pop up I'm like huh interesting that they've chosen this, especially since there's a ton of Pokemon Go players who have never played mm-hmm. the games. Right, like this is probably their first time being introduced to wormholes, ultra recon squad, the whole shebang. And I mean, we kind of we covered the the two legendary names. One means comes from the word for ancient. One comes from the word for future. And I I don't know if it was in our YouTube comments, but I did see somewhere where somebody said that the the two we don't know if they're professors or not. Um, the names one comes from Pasada, which right. means past. I think we not talking about this last week. We did. We did. No, no, we didn't talk we, about we, the roots of their names. We, we just I, said that I they're mentioned not trees. briefly that they had come from. I, th- I, th- I swear, and Greg past. mentioned it really I quickly. I did. Really but, yeah. Well, so yeah, it's Pasada and Futuro. Yeah, which means past and future. Past and future. Yeah, I mean that's like every YouTuber's clickbait video that came out last week of like. There you go. I broke down these Spanish names. Yeah, top, so, so top glad, glad we Pokemon. talked about Re, and I, I didn't think about that until the question was yeah. asked of like, oh yeah, there was not, people skipped Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, so they yeah. probably have no clue who the, the, these... I, I will say the day that happened, I'm like, okay, cool, uh, people are going to have no clue who this is. <laughs> I like Re a lot. I think, we, I, do I, don't, I don't know if, we, I th- we talked about this on the bonus podcast. If I'm, you just, listen- I'm just sad that Professor Willow died. If you if you want to listen to the bonus podcast, that is for patrons and for Apple podcast subscribers, but... um. I think the go fast, even though day two was a disappointing day, in my opinion, uh, I think that the Ultra Recon Squad storyline was probably one of the best stories yep. that Pokemon mm. Go has told. Uh, be fun. I think Re is really great, and I hope that once Willow comes back, Re doesn't. He's not. He's completely finished. He got eaten by Guzzlord. Greg, he's fine. Uh-uh, there's no proof of that. You uh, don't know. Correction of last week, I said Yu-Gi-Oh! 40. It's technically Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D where they ride uh, on motorcycles. To the shadow top, realm with you. Top three pride pro- Pokemon. Easy. Florgis. Zarina. Uh, Lorantis. Because those that just rocking those <laughs> disco pants. 
my so I'm not gonna pick yours. My top three are uh, Hatterene, Sylveon, Roserade. Why? Yeah, they're putting me on the spot. All right, number one is Ekans. No, sure. Yes, <laughs> I. Not a dinosaur. <laughs> but, but did, you, did you not see the image? Right? I saw it, but again, you didn't answer the question. It's not a dinosaur. <laughs> Definitely Ekans, though. Look, the only the only Pokemon that's officially come out is Squirtle. So true, true, and then. I can't get over that picture of Ekans. <laughs> it's really great. I was just baiting you into me being able to give you that picture. That was all I, it was. I, I understand what it is to be a straight man. I pretended to be one for 20 years of my life. Uh, on the professor thing, what uh, what if that's why their names aren't trees because they're not Pokemon professors? That would be neat. I think we talked about this a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. The the fact that it's possible that they are professors as teachers, but not Pokemon professors. Also, did we mention that the like uh I can't remember the lady's name. She has like fangs. Basada? Sada? Professor yeah. Sada has fangs, yeah. I feel like that's like a evil trope. No. You have fangs. No. That just means the wild, like Yeah. Oh, okay, from, okay. From, like there's like no uh, like Buffy there, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know why that reminds me of Buffy. She's not a vampire. <laughs> Vampires. Have... I mean, she could be. We but, don't know. We don't know like, what's gonna happen. Watch any anime. Like just because you have fangs doesn't yeah. mean you're the bad guy. People in anime have fangs for no apparent reason. All very the time. true. Very. <laughs> it's like, true. why does this person have fangs? Oh, I, also, I guess you I know don't watch actors... anime. Actors de-age themselves by having their canine sharpened. Uh, this is from FanFan, Fan, Steve, and Will, and Greg, too, but I know uh, you're more excited about this. Do you think Marks will return? What other ways do you think Shinies can be special in this game? Oh, that's all you, buddy. Yeah, I guess I guess for those that don't know, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, they introduced something called Marks. Uh, there's a bunch of different kind of Marks. There's Marks based on weather, based on time. Um, there are personality Marks which are a little bit more rare, but they're just random. And then there's the rare mark, which is the rarest mark. Um, so ideally, when you catch a Pokemon in Sword and Shield, there's a chance for a mark to appear. In the sense of a rare mark, it would be a 1 in 1,000 chance for it to be on a Pokemon. And then for a personality mark, it would be a 1 in 100 chance for it to appear on a Pokemon. So ideally, when you stack that with the fact that you could find shiny Pokemon... Let's just say you don't have any charms. You know, to find a shiny Pokemon is 1 in 4,000. When you catch it, then you could check to see if it has a mark. And then there is a 1 in 100 chance it could have a personality mark and a 1 in 1,000 chance it could have a rare mark. So realistically, um, a 1 in 4,000 Pokemon with a 1 in 100 chance of having a personality mark would be more rare than a 1 in 8,000 Pokemon that you would find in, like, Ruby and Sapphire. Um because of how those percentages have to times against each other and what your odds are for that. For the small but very vocal fan base of, uh, I hate that they made Chinese too easy, I like to full odds hunt, etc., etc., they, they did make it where in the newer games, yes, you could method hunt, yes, you could get the shiny charm, yes, the odds are not as 
high as one in eight thousand. But while adding marks to these Pokemon, you have now made a more rare, I guess is probably the best way to put it, more rare Pokemon in a situation of, you know, a shiny coughing with a rare mark would be more rare than a 1 in 8,000 coughing from Pokemon Crystal. Ideally, right? Uh, and then the games, obviously, Sword and Shield introduced the shiny. Sword and Shield has the shiny charm, and then Sword and Shield, the DLC, has the mark charm, which both of those add plus two to each roll. So instead of one in a thousand for the rare mark, it would be one in three hundred thirty-three. Still incredibly rare. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a, a one in thirteen sixty-five plus a one in three hundred thirty-three is still more rare than a one in eight thousand. Uh, I think drastically more rare. I think if you do the math together. Anyways, um. I think marks are great. I think marks are the thing that shiny hunters have always asked for but refuse to ignore, uh, which is like, how can we make a more rare shiny? They do make more rare shinies. Um, and they do, they are fun to hunt. Like, you could, even if you didn't care about shinies, you could get a, um, a personality mark for all your favorite dreadnaws or all your favorite rose rays or all your favorite runeriguses. Like, you could, mark hunt and just get different personalities for your pokemon so it adds more to the catching and then you know marks did not exist in legends but legends had alphas so that was like a more rare i'm doing air quotes shiny of like yeah i have a shiny badoo but i don't have an alpha shiny badoo so like that would be a more rare shiny um so yeah, I, I I hope that that comes back in Scarlet and Violet. I think marks are like an easy thing to return. I think I think it only adds value to the game. That isn't something like contests where you have to like build new contests. I think it's pretty easy to move those going forward. Um, I don't know. I I'm not creative enough to know what else they could do to make. I I guess the size thing, like oh, I want to catch a small one, I want to catch a big one, I want to catch a medium one. I guess that's like okay. Uh, they can be seen visually. I know. The thing that I would want to come to Pokemon games is what they did in Magikarp Jump. I want a blue Magikarp. I want a gray Magikarp. I want a silver <laughs> Magikarp. I want a pink Magikarp. That would be. I think that would be really cool. And with the close of that five-minute monologue by Steve, I now put an official six-month moratorium on any questions about marks, ribbons, <laughs> or curry. That is, you may not ask any questions about marks, ribbons, or curry on this program until I December like 11th, so 2022. Much. You do. Also, but you can talk about tapas, because tapas will be the new curry in the new game. Mm. Although I hate tapas. Really? Uh, I like the food. I hate... We're getting it deep into the Will Anderson lore here. Don't ever go to a restaurant with me and ask to share my food. The answer is no. This and if is the true. intent of the restaurant is that the food be shared, I'm not going to that restaurant. <laughs> uh, final question here. I know there's a lot of questions trying to get through this. Mittens asks for next week, I would like to know which Galar Pokemon you three would like to be in Scarlet and Violet. I'm a specific Boltund. like the Galar Galar, like the new new new. Bolton Bolton. Which Galar Pokemon do I want to be? Uh, Snome, my my little Snowmy. I, I mean, I'm gonna say Cramorant, but if I can't say Cramorant, I would like to see. You can say Cramorant. It's a Galar Pokemon. Yeah, Stojourner. 
Yeah, I was gonna say Stonejourner's pretty cool. But Stone, we know Stonejourner's in there already. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I remember you said that like two weeks ago, and I was like, "But we already know it's in the in the media." Yeah, I would probably We've say Ice it. Cube. Ice Cube would be great. Yeah, Ice Cube would be cute. But I still want Bolton. Yeah, I would. I see. I, I want, want Yamper because its ability is so good. Like it's you would really always want a shiny hunt with Yamper, just literally based on its ability. Um, Although a new Pokemon can get that. That's true, yeah. If they, Who knows? Maybe LeChonk has ball fetch. Ooh, it didn't say so on the... It, maybe it's its hidden ability. No, they've got to have a deep cut Pokemon of Bell and Sebastian. And I oh, don't mean the band. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got to have a Poochie that evolves into a Bell. A Pokemon of the week. Oh, dang. Uh, all right, last week's Pokemon... Blah, blah, blah has something to do with being between a Super Nintendo Entertainment System and a GameCube, but also uh, after a year and a half of being eligible to be printed on a Pokemon card, it still hasn't been. I have no idea. I forgot to write down. It's Rotom. No. Why? (laughs) It's, It's Alakazam. You're close. So Kadabra is number 64 in the Pokedex, and Kadabra got able, after Yuri Geller finished his oh, lawsuit... I, I forgot he, which one it was. I forgot it was the Kadabra. That's why I said, you're close. It's, Al, it's Kadabra. But it was a trick, because it kind of sounded like a sword and shield Pokemon that hadn't been printed mm. on a card yet. Mm. In the Pokemon Red and Blue beta, Kadabra was known as Pocus. Uh, okay, that Pocus, is a bad Pocus. name. Hocus Pocus, Alakazam. Yeah, it's it's still a bad name. So would have Abra been Hocus? Do you know yes. what you know what Mr. Mime's Japanese name is Barrier? And it's pretty good. Better than Mr. Mime. Pocket Monsters Encyclopedia says that Kadabra's Pokedex entry from Pokemon Red and Green is a reference to an in-universe novel transformation that won the second Pokemon literary literally award. Literary award. What does that even mean? What trivia is this? Pocket Monsters Encyclopedia? Never even heard of that. 1996? It was a field guide? Localization? I don't get Whatever. It's bad trivia. Uh, we talked about Cadabra not being printed since Sky Ridge. Got a great uh, shuffle icon and a good shiny. From Generation... Or and onward, the Everstone fails to prevent Kadabra from evolving by trade. Not sure why that is. Uh, in Pokemon Crystal, a bug caused the capture formula for Heavy Ball to be incorrect. And then that incorrect uh, was because of the Pokemon weight, giving it a plus 40 catch rate modifier. This also affects Tauros and Sunflora. You you could we could do a whole episode about how nothing actually worked in Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Everything in that game was incredibly Except broken. Except for the joy of playing the game. Bad shiny. Shuffle. Shuffle's great. Okay. I like the shiny too. That's oh, bad. Why is it bad? It's just a bad yellow. It's not it's not a green. Yeah. I would rather it be green. It would be at least nah. Look, it looked like it was sick for eating right. too much. This week's, yeah, that's why it's spoon melted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> this week's Pokemon 
Originally, I was going to do a different Pokemon, but I had already done it within the past two years, so I couldn't do that one. So this fossil Pokemon that recently became available is the only one of its type that a Pokemon introduced in the same generation it, would, it was introduced in got an alternate form recently that had the same types but switched. By recently became available, I mean you can get one without having to evolve into it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. We will be back next week. Although I will be at the Milwaukee Regionals next week, so I don't know when we're recording this. Uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, Let's just do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could probably maybe record on Wednesday afternoon. I think that's usually when we have recorded before trips. Um, so yeah, I'll be at the Milwaukee Regionals. If you will be there and you want to say hi, cool. I would like to say hi to you. I am no longer going to the North America International Championships, um, but I will be at GoFest in Germany. Um, so excited for that, at least. Speaking of traveling to uh, Milwaukee Regionals, the ideal here is the idea here is to uh, stream the drive from Minneapolis to Milwaukee. My friend Steph is coming in, um, so we'll be doing like a. a she'll probably try to teach me spanish for five hours um but we're gonna we're gonna use the stream backpack we're gonna mount it in the car um i won't be looking at chat because i'll be driving and that's per twitch tos i'm not allowed to look at a phone when driving but steph will have chat so she'll be able to read it and respond and i'll be able to respond to what she reads out loud that is assuming that everything works and the reason I'm telling you this is because we're going to do a test stream on Wednesday night where Steph and I go to the new Taco Bell with that has the like drop down. Greg, you know what I'm talking about? The like Taco Bell yes. that like drops down the food. The first one ever. Is that here? It's here. It's it's in it's in I don't remember what city it's in. It's uh it's oh, I'll find it. Don't you worry. <laughs> For those that don't know, Taco Bell did a brand new store where the restaurant is on the second floor and then it, you go through there's four drive-thrus and then the food drops down but there's no like you can't go into the restaurant it's just they built the restaurant above the drive-thru to drop the oh, food down oh so i've got to have panic at the drive-thru great and the the concept is that you're not <sighs> in the drive-thru for longer than 2 minutes which is probably impossible right now cuz everyone wants to go to See how it works. It's just Taco Bell. But we're going to do a test stream on Wednesday night. So if you want to if you want to join us on Twitch for the Taco Bell stream, that will be Wednesday night to see if everything works in the car. And then the drive stream will be on Thursday. And then I'll be streaming probably just Pokemon Go on Sunday because I will lose the tournament on Friday and then, you know, stream Pokemon Go for the weekend. So that's the plan. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. Uh, I'll be practicing for Milwaukee this week on Twitch, so we'll be doing some competitive battles. Um, Greg is at White Wing. Will is at Washing the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super shiny rare spawns on Pride. They will be rainbow-themed. They're changing all the colors. Dino will be hot pink. I'm excited for it. None of this is going to happen. Why do they ruin my pride all the time? Hog Rider.
はSpencer, Courtney, Brian, and Brady. Thank you so much. If you would like to support the show, you can head over to isc.cash or patreon.com slash pkmncast.